0: FM Talk Podcast.
1: Humor me, if you will, and welcome to Wiggins America. We've got two hours of content for you that is completely humorless, which is why I'm starting with asking you to humor me. Because what I'm about to tell you is not... I'm going to have to break with my colleagues on this. Even on the right, even in the conservative talk world, the news world... I think that what I'm saying is not really a take that anybody else has. But it's regarding the Biden documents. Second verse, same as the first, same thing we were talking about at this time last week. And maybe I said a little bit of this already. But again, humor me. If a former president or vice president has classified documents that clearly they've already seen or had access to at least, they have the knowledge of what those documents contained, at least in theory they do. I don't know if Biden actually is remembering anything, but let's say that they do. Because they've read them, that's usually what happens. You read the documents to get the information so that you understand what's going on, and then the document is no longer as useful because you have the information. When you're a president or vice president, you have the highest level of security clearance, especially president. What harm could those documents possibly do? Now, I get it. We've heard a lot of talk about how important it is that classified documents be treated seriously and across the board be treated fairly. And if you have one, you could go to prison for 10 years. And all of these things are true. But step away from the politics of it just for a second with me. Now, I may be saying things that If you're an FBI agent and you're living in St. Louis and you're you're listening this weekend, you're going, oh, Wiggins, you don't know what you're talking about. However, I think, again, that you can humor me long enough to step away from the politics, step away from the vernacular of classified and secret and Corvette, and look at this practically for what it is. You have documents from a president. I'm going to use Trump in this case. Inside his house where people are not going. Apparently they were in a closet. So for those documents or more importantly, the information within them to be used in a negative way against the United States of America, which is the concern here, a, what would be in those that would still be relevant a year later because they talk about things like the nuclear codes again, Step away from the talking points for a second and consider how is a Russian agent or anybody who wants to use these things with bad intent going to get into Trump's personal closet, dig through these documents or steal them and use them later to find what? To find a nuclear code? Because then what you're implying is that this random person or government that he or she would give it to now has a nuclear code what are they going to do with it do you think they're going to call the pentagon and say 5477 and somebody at the Pen- in the pentagon lobby is going to go they just said 5477 nobody calls and just says that I know because I work at the Pentagon. I'm going to go punch the nuclear button. Or consider what else might be in those documents. And let me, before I move on from nuclear codes, do you think that they just punch that number in? Whatever that is. They go, oh, you got to have the secret number to launch a nuke. Okay. Well, then let's let's make a secret number. And only we know about it, and then like the president and a handful of other people. Okay, well that president's no longer president. Should we leave the nuclear code the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should. We shouldn't change that ever. Okay. Well, what if he? What if he's he tells somebody accidentally, or what if any one of us accidentally says it? Should we never change? Hey, don't worry about it. We'll never change the nuclear code. It's, I'm sure it's been the same since 1974. You you think that we have the technology? that having a nuclear code would enable somebody to somehow launch a nuke because they have the code. That is so asinine that that was ever even a part of this discussion. Now, second, what else could be in those documents that is so detrimental to the United States? The only thing I've heard is the way we collect information. Now, what we're assuming is that somehow somebody is sneaking into Joe Biden's garage and stealing boxes of information out of his garage somehow, which would be really tough to do. It would be tough to steal things out of my garage because I lock it. And you'd have to know they were there and you'd have to know what you were looking for. And then once you found all of those things, you'd have to, be able to take those documents out and know for sure that those documents had the information you were looking for. Like you needed the name of some random spy because you're Russia and this guy, Vlad, you think he might be a spy. You think he might be working for the United States. So the only way you can find out is to somehow steal top secret documents from a former president or vice president or, hope that they happen to have those very documents in there that, that list Vlad as, yes, we're working with Vlad, signed the DOJ. All of that in these documents. Keeping in mind, now I just walked through really ridiculous scenarios, but keeping in mind that you really, it, it, you're not dealing with My Garage. You're dealing with the former vice president, current president, and you're dealing with the other former president, these people have the highest security clearance possible. If they really wanted to share that info, they could just do it. You know, like they could um, have a foreign government funnel money through their drug-addicted son that ended up with you. You know, you could do something like that. You wouldn't need these stupid documents to do that. You would already have the information yourself and much more. Those documents probably contain very little of the information <clears throat> that would be valuable to sell if you were hypothetically going to do that. But my point being that this story has become so overblown for the reasons that I'm, I'm saying right now. And it, it really is that you're trying to find your political side on this, but they're the same. It only became a story because they raided Donald Trump's home for classified documents. And then everybody went, whoa, but classified documents, they're important. Classified, classified. I'm using the word classified because I saw it in a movie. Classified's important. And he had them at his house. And then it became, oh, but look at the other side. So I guess really the point I'm making is the same as last week, which is they made their bed. The left, the media, the government, the deep state, the agencies, they made this a big deal when they made it about Mar-a-Lago and Trump. And now they're having to lie in that bed that they made. But ultimately, I'm trying to take a step back even from that of the political jockeying and just say, these are presidents. They have classified documents. I don't care if they're president or not anymore. I don't care if he was vice president. They're privy to that information. Why are we freaking out about that? All right, let's take a break. We're going to have old Roy in studio this week, along with Trisha, which means full cast, which means uh, maybe a little bit of humor. I know I said that there wasn't going to be any and that you'd have to humor me there, but maybe you could humor me in the future if we say something funny as well. We typically don't. Full cast in the studio. How long has it been since... Or did we do this recently? Mm-mm. I know we ha- I had all of you on a show, but were we in the same room? No. Okay. So it's been quite a while since we've done a full cast segment. So I'm going to start with something here. Actually, this is all I have for this whole segment. So if it goes short, it goes short. Maybe you guys are like, this is dumb. But it's about pornography. Is that cool?
2: Sure. Hey. Right hey. On. Depends on who you ask. Roy says yes. Glad,
1: glad to have you guys back. <laughs> uh, okay, here's the story. A Los Angeles judge on Tuesday declared that porn performer Ron Jeremy is mentally incompetent to stand trial on dozens of rape and sexual assault counts. Um, skipping through the details here, Thank they you. placed the 69-year-old Jeremy, whose legal name is Ronald Hyatt. In a state hospital where he will be held next month. By the way, the pictures of this guy, not great. He is not doing great, even for being 70 years old.
2: Even for being Ron Jeremy, who's for, always been gross. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's like, whoa. It, he, honestly, I'm just realizing this. You remember when they brought Saddam Hussein out of that hole? And he looked nuts. Mm-hmm. And his hair was all long. He looks almost exactly like Saddam Hussein coming out of that hole.
3: Have you ever seen the two of them in the same place at the same time?
1: I think I know where you're going with this, and yes. (laughs) So let's just squash that right now. All right. Jeremy pleaded not guilty after a grand jury indicted him on 34 counts of sexual assault, including 12 counts of rape. Uh, There's some details from different people here, but I want to get to this last... Segment, well, actually, nicknamed, I didn't know this, nicknamed The Hedgehog, Jeremy has been be- among the best known and most prolific actors <clears throat> in the porn industry for decades and became a recognizable pop culture novelty through reality shows and stuff, of course. He's long been a magnet for seekers of autographs and selfies, which is how he first encountered most of the women and girls age 15 to 51 that he accused of is accused of assaulting between the 90s and 2019 according to transcripts of grand jury testimony from the women and girls obtained by the associated press jeremy would lure them into a small secluded space often the bathroom of a west hollywood bar and then sexually assault them now this is why this might be a very short segment you guys might be like duh or you might say no ryan you're stupid if you are a girl and you see Ron Jeremy in a bar, do you go into a secluded space with Ron Jeremy and then go, oh my gosh, I can't believe what he just did.
2: Am I off here? Yeah, you are. Tell me why. Because you can't place the blame on the woman. It for She shouldn't have to assume that he's a predator. I would assume I Ron and-
1: Jeremy is a predator 100% of the time.
2: I don't think that I know. I, I don't think that that's right. I don't think that a very famous porn star who has he's got a name for himself, a public image, a brand. I don't think that there's automatically an assumption that he's a predator. He has you could question his morality and his choice of work, but there's not an assumption that he's. a a rapist there's an assumption that he's maybe a little bit of a sleazeball but I share you and I share an office right we're in close quarters all the time am I stupid for being in close quarters with you a man like no that's not fair to put that on the woman
3: but you're in a West Hollywood bar not an office
2: okay well I've been in bars too but if I'm even if I'm in the back corner of a bar if somebody rapes me it's not my fault for being in the bar
1: if you're trying to avoid sexual assault,
2: which it sounds like these people were. Well, let's assume we're all trying to avoid sexual assault, at all, all avoid sexual assault yeah. Yeah. at all times. We're all trying to avoid sexual assault. Yeah. At all times. We're none of us are out to be sexually assaulted.
1: Yeah. Do you do you ever I'll ask this to Roy, do you ever avoid walking alone at night on the street in Sa- in St. Louis? Yes. Because there's a perception of possible danger. Correct. This seems like a situation like that. There's a perception of possible danger. Why walk into it? I'm not blaming. But if I'm
2: walking along an, uh, on a street and I am aware of my surroundings and I'm still like everybody else, not trying to get sexually assaulted and I'm sexually assaulted. Are we going to say mm, maybe she shouldn't have been walking on that street? No,
1: I'm. I'm saying if you're trying to avoid danger, do you do certain things? So do do you go to do you avoid certain parts of the city at night? I, I would assume the answer is yes because we all do.
2: Yeah, but I lived in the city for a long time too. I I don't know. I just I I don't know these specific instances. I don't know where the line was blurred. I don't know, but I don't think that it's point blank that you can say these women should have known this was going to happen. But
1: I didn't say that. I didn't say that they're at fault. I just said that. If you're walking into a situation that the risk level goes up, the meter goes from green to orange when you go into a bar with a porn star into a secluded space.
2: Why, but I don't think that a porn star, I, and I'm not, I don't think take porn star anybody. So anybody. take a, a person, Yeah. if you go into a bar and you're having drinks in close quarters with a person, I think alcohol is probably the biggest factor here. But no, I don't think that... Yes, that is a higher risk situation. Yeah. But I don't think because he's a porn star that people should have assumed that he was more likely I, to rape I them. I think the
3: the part you're skipping over is it's not about having drinks with with a guy and assuming that he's going to be a predator. It's it's the next step of, "Hey, why don't you come with me into this bathroom?" Sure. In a West Hollywood bar. What is what what are you as as a individual, what could possibly go through your mind that that makes sense, that anything good is going to come from that?
2: Well, I mean, a step further, maybe you are interested in hooking up to some degree with a person in a bathroom bar and it gets out of hand and you say stop and they don't stop. I mean... Yes, well, that's all.
3: Yeah, that's you've increased your risk correct, further, but, the, but
2: you're still not. You're still there's still a level of victimhood there.
3: Yeah, there's no. I don't think there's any question of that. I, I think the what Ryan was saying is is should there be a little red flag that goes off at some point, and, and that's not a pointing blame or you had it coming or you asked. You know, it's just there's a point at which I think, and this isn't a, a A woman thing i think a lot of people like to be close to fame even if it's infamous Mm -hmm. fame but there's a point at which you say okay it's cool i got a selfie with this guy and then there's a line you cross when you say hey i'll go with you into that sure bathroom in a sleazy Mm -hmm. hollywood bar alone That it's like, okay maybe that wasn't good judgment. That doesn't mean you deserve.
2: No, that I I completely agree. That wouldn't be good judgment necessarily. But I don't think that there is because of going back to the original question that I thought you were asking because of Ron Jeremy, what Ron Jeremy is famous for. There should be a broader assumption that that's more likely to happen. A predator is a predator. Like some of the women that were assaulted by Harvey Weinstein didn't know Harvey Weinstein was a predator because he wasn't a porn star. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't That's actually
1: included in this story.
2: I don't think that all I think that there's I don't think that the chance of Ron Jeremy being a predator is necessarily increased because he's a porn star is what I'm trying to say. Like there's a line so of judgment you're there.
3: You're for the porn stars.
2: I you're am an advocate. <laughs> I for- am for adults being able to do consenting adult things with their bodies.
3: I where I thought you were going with this bringing up Weinstein is that you when when his legal troubles started really mounting all of a sudden he turned into a 90 year old man and had a walker and truth could barely you know <laughs> yeah, I no he went I downhill so I, fast well did he or was that to try oh I <laughs> publicly
2: he went downhill right very so quickly I,
3: i'm wondering i thought you were going to did did he did ron jeremy all of a sudden now he's mentally unfit
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, all of these are definitely angles in the court case. Yeah. 100%. I just, I, I didn't really know where I was going with it. I, 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 Honestly, my mind goes to the porn star sets where people on sets are suing other people on sets because, well, you were, you were abusive to me. And it's like, man, I, the line gets really gray on that stuff. And I think that's kind of the whole point, if I'm trying to make a point here. I'm glad I brought this up. It ended up being a pretty, I thought it might be short. I don't know, but it, it wasn't, um, is that there's a lot of gray <clears throat> and the pendulum is swung. It used to be anytime a woman got assaulted, it was like, well, must have been her fault. Well, that was terrible. <laughs> <Right. And> that's, <laughs> that's not true. And now it's swung so hard the other way that you can never question, well, why did you do XYZ up to that? And I think there's a lot of gray in all these cases, and they're all different. Mm -hmm. So it is hard to say, well, here's the rule, because every one of these is different. The hard part about this case is that there are 34 counts of sexual assault (laughs) against one guy. Same with Weinstein. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's people coming out of the woodwork saying, this has been going on for years. So every one of those cases is going to be different. But when I read details of these cases, I go, you know what? I don't know that I'm not saying she's culpable for rape or whoever that I would never say that because up until the point of rape, you didn't do anything. You didn't, you weren't mm-hmm. the one doing it. But also if I'm talking to my daughter, I'm telling her a lot of things like, Hey, don't go to this place. Don't be around the, even just. Your friends at school, like, I don't want you in a alone with a car with a guy until you're a certain age. You know, stuff like that. Sure. That I'm like, I just think we've socially, and this is very broad social dynamics, swung so hard the other direction that you can't ask these questions without being labeled, like, misogynistic or whatever now. So I think that's th- the overall point I'm making.
2: It has nothing to do with the fact that he's a porn star. That was not how you set that up at all. Oh,
1: no, it that... That's a different issue, yeah. but yes. I mean, that, to me, whether he's a porn star or not, he's Ron Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Like, Ron Jeremy is a different level.
2: I think celebrity <laughs> is maybe better than porn star in this case, um, <clears throat> using celebrity appeal to be a predator. Yeah, I think so. I, and again, I don't believe that all women are victims either. I do believe that there are shades of gray, and I don't know the specifics in this case so i can't make blanket statements and i do think the personal responsibility is definitely you have to be aware of what you're doing yeah. when you're doing it but there is once that line is crossed if a, if crimes are committed in at levels like that but you know in mass where this guy has a history of doing this clearly does um i don't know and and, like and you he's know he's a bad conclude, guy regardless of what he does yeah
1: to conclude the point really is that This stuff apparently happens on porn sets all the time, and this isn't a porn set, but you know, if I were to make the argument that, well, he's a porn star, therefore he's more likely, I would point to that and say, well, this stuff does happen more on a porn set than it does on a regular set, you know, so like there is an argument to be made there. But anyway, good discussion, Uh, much better than I thought it was. I thought maybe we'd go four minutes and see. Um, You guys, will do uh, another break here. Roy, you'll come back. Trisha, you'll come back, and we'll take a break. All right. Wake in America. When you wake in the morning,
4: gum, like when you Ooh-hoo. like a flower or cheese.
0: I'll
1: throw my head back and sing, 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 (laughs) sing. I kid you not. This is music from Davos, the World Economic Forum. Because they don't have speakers all day. They sometimes have artists come in and entertain the very, very wealthy crowd that's there. And if you're a very, very wealthy individual, you can't listen to normal music. You have to listen to music like that. It's a parody of itself. We haven't really talked about Davos much today and this weekend, but it's amazing. It's really, it's really surprising that this thing exists. Just dip back in here real quick. It just sounds like music that you would say, I'm making this for wealthy people who are better than normal people, they'll get this. You won't. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And here's, here's what's so sad. This is where a traditional Saturday Night Live would step in. Not that this is huge news, so it might not be big enough to parody, but it's it's that kind of stuff that they used to just stick a fork in. And it was great because, because this high-culture stuff is funny. It's really funny and it's so bad that I guess when you go when you're listening to Al Gore talk about climate change and how you're killing the planet and Charles Schwab talk about how you are the problem that you feel better when you hear music like this because it it makes you feel superior. I think I don't know I don't know. I mean you tell me we'll go out with the music just to be sure. It's on the same stage as everything else that's being played. It, the, like, so the stage that you're seeing, all of the World Economic Forum TED Talks happening, it's the same one. And then, so I guess, and you can see people there, oh, they're enjoying it. You know, they're having their drinks. And... <laughs> What happened? Why can't, why are people making fun of this anymore? This is the stuff. This is, I was looking for something and this dropped out of heaven.
3: 97.1
1: FM Talk on the phone with us is somebody that I've been looking forward to talking to because. Uh, Gosh, it's been probably six months. Reverend James Harden, thanks for making time for us this weekend.
4: It's an honor to be back with you, Ryan. Thanks for having me.
1: So let's just catch up. You're the CEO of Compass Care. It's a network of pro-life and pregnancy resource centers for women. Um, You're based in New York, or at least last time we talked you were. I'm assuming you still are. Yes,
4: we are. Uh, We have multiple locations, medical offices across New York State, as well as a telecare operation serving women um, all across New York state and the nation. And then there's about 650 pregnancy centers across the country that are using our systems and our materials.
1: So the last time we spoke, it was because Well, I I I don't want to say you were in the news. I was going to say you really were supposed to be in the news and weren't. Uh, Nobody was covering this. (laughs) Nobody was talking about it. Um, But you were saying, hey, look, um, we have centers right now that are literally being firebombed by anti or uh, pro-abortion activists, and nobody's doing anything, including law enforcement. So can you catch us up on what's happened since?
4: Yeah, exactly. So this really dystopian kind of reality uh, was that these pro-abortion terrorists uh, attacked, us literally firebombed us and multiple 78 other pregnancy centers across the country. Uh, there have been, to date, zero arrests made. Uh, we have been um, saying that the FBI was not doing their job, that they were slow-walking justice. They're attempting to run out the clock on this one, hoping nobody looks uh, and, and sees what they're doing. Um, the House Judiciary Committee launched an investigation, um, and that's their constitutional obligation to maintain um, accountability with the FBI, by the way, House Judiciary Committee. Jim Jordan uh, and the House Judiciary Committee released a 1,050-page report, um, essentially a whistleblower report from, from people within the FBI, saying that the FBI, in fact, um, had been pulling resources away from investigating crimes uh, like these, like violence against pregnant and pro-life people and uh, putting them on uh, other things uh, that, are, that uh, you know, support the political narrative of the Biden administration. Uh, that, that, that investigation is ongoing into the FBI's politicization. Um, the, we, we had to file a lawsuit against the police department, the local police department, who refused to give us our video surveillance back. It's been seven months now. And they refuse to let us have our own private property, so that our, our attorneys can actually begin the process of de- developing a case, a civil case against the, pers- uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 persons who committed the arson attack against us. We have to hire our own private investigators um, to 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 find the perpetrators. Uh, we're looking into all the attacks on the pregnancy centers right now, uh, that have, and we've come up with some very interesting results uh, that make uh, that uh, you know I, I think are are going to be uh, very t- insightful and possibly even condemning uh to to uh, particular political bad actors like elizabeth warren hillary clinton who you know they're, they're they're painting pro-life people there's a there's a there's a campaign an active campaign to paint pro-life people as violent and yet we're the ones being attacked we're the ones whose, whose, whose facilities are burning are being burned down we're the ones that are being vilified and demonized we're the ones that like hillary clinton is, is, is saying that that, that we're we're like, uh, she's likening us to Al-Qaeda, Middle Eastern terrorists. It makes no sense. We're pro-life. What that means is that we believe that all people are made in the image of God and therefore equally valuable, deserving of blessing and protection without qualification, both mother and child. And because of that belief, we're being treated like second-class citizens. That, uh, that law enforcement has an obligation to protect all people equally, to enforce the law equally. Uh, and and that's their 14th amendment obligation. So I I, I um, you know that's that's where we are right now. Uh, we hope to get within within several weeks. We hope to uh, start to name some some or identify some of the perpetrators, and uh, and begin the process of of prosecution. We're talking
1: with Reverend Jim Harden, CEO of Compass Care, a pro life pregnancy resource center and network throughout the state of New York. And I got to ask because you're in New York. Is this something that you believe is happening because of the political environment of the state that you're in? For instance, if you were to take the same network or, or the same uh, pregnancy centers and put them in a different state, is this coming from, and I know you're speculating here, but you know, speculate with me if you will, that this is coming from on high of the leadership of the state?
4: Well, I, I don't have to speculate. The leadership of the state is New York Governor Kathy Hochul, and the, the chief law enforcement officer is... Letitia James, Attorney General, okay? Both of them have gone on record attacking pro-life pregnancy centers. In fact, six days after we were firebombed, New York Governor Hochul came out and signed a bill in a press conference to investigate pregnancy centers rather than the arsonists. And then in that press conference, she called pro-life people Neanderthals. Think about that. That's the vitriol. That's, that's, the, that's the level of hostility that exists in these pro-abortion uh, politicians. And Letitia James, the Attorney General, after we were firebombed came out and she wrote an open letter to Google demanding that Google wipe us off the map so that women can't find us. And by the way, Google did actually uh, comply and they created a, 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 a filter that actually filters out, uh, pregnancy centers, uh, from, from any search that has to do with the unplanned pregnancy space. So, uh, you know, terrible things that are going on. And and so do I have to, I don't have to speculate these people Want to shut us down? Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts basically said we're we're terrorizing women and all these pregnancy centers need to be shut down. They're saying that we're misinforming women, that we're you know, doing all, all, all these, we're, we're committing some kind of fraud, but we're not. We're the ones that are telling women the truth. We're the only ones telling women about the the, the side effects of abortion, giving women true informed consent and giving her ethical medical care and comprehensive community support for free without any government help, uh, without any any money from taxpayers. We're, we're giving them all this information and all this support for free to give her the ability to say no to abortion because not a sane woman alive actually wants to have an abortion. She just feels stuck. Like she's got no choice at all. And so uh, we're, we're being attacked because for for one reason alone and it's because we don't perform or refer for abortion. And uh, so we're going to keep moving forward. There is a concerted effort. We are looking into uh, prosecuting according to the third KKK act of 1871, whereby government bad actors, uh, are conspiring to deprive citizens of their rights under the law. And that's
1: what's happening right now. Incredible. Jim, I hate asking this question because I wish that it weren't, well, now that Republicans are going to do something about it. You know, this, this should not be a partisan issue. This is just you're being attacked. You, you've you been yeah. harmed. Your buildings have been harmed. Um, but it is p- political persecution. Obviously, people are emboldened when they know there's no consequences. But i got to ask, mm-hmm. since you mentioned Jim Jordan, are things going to change now that republicans have the house and these things are being
4: investigated i think there's a real possibility that um that the fbi um the doj merrick garland christopher ray at the fbi uh, and these people are going to get significant pressure um as as the you know because because jim jordan and the house judiciary committee uh, don't like to leave stones unturned they ask a lot of hard questions and they are willing to use um you know uh, legal means uh, to to get at them, so you know they, they will not they will not brook anybody thumbing their nose at their constitutional obligation to hold the FBI and the DOJ accountable. So things could change, uh, we will see. But the, the currently the pro-abortion politicians in charge of the Democratic Party are doubling down on on uh, on vilifying pro-life people, are trying to make a case uh, to garner public uh, you know uh, support for uh, attacking and criminalizing pro-life activity publicly
1: it's amazing how much of this is just enabled by media it's one of the reasons i love talking to you because you know we're media we may not be cnn we may not be one of the national outlets but uh, this stuff has to be covered because it's all about framing the narrative i mean it's about framing you Mm -hmm. as a radical you know violent person and all of us who are are on the pro-life side as being violent and it's it's quite the opposite in actual evidence it just blows my mind that this is happening i gotta ask you before we run out of time here jim um this now this is news related because the the new congress the republican the republican house of representatives anyway not full congress um is, is passing and has passed a resolution which um says that uh Providers of abortion should have to care for uh, a botched abortion if a baby survives an abortion that they would have to care for that baby, and yet Democrats don't want to sign on to that. But this is all part of the same battle, isn't it?
4: It is. Oh, without a doubt, you're you're you're, you're spot on. The look, the, the 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 vote was split across party lines, and the and pro-abortion Democrats voted in lockstep, which means one of two things: they didn't read the bill, right? Or, or, or they're being told how to vote. Either way, they're not representing their people, and they've disqualified themselves from, from representing a free people in our society, so that the bill was not even about abortion. But that's what they made it about. They made it about abortion and said, we're not going to vote for this. What is it about? It's about protecting a, a, an infant already born. Now, the, it's, it's redundant because it's, uh, an infant already born has the constitutional rights afforded to them to protect their life, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, also redundant. it's also redundant in the fact that uh, a, a doctor it had, takes an oath uh, which, which includes a duty to care for a patient at their knee, whoever it might be, to give, to, to, to give them their life back, to protect their life. And, and so when, when you, what does it mean when you've got 48% of House representatives refusing to, uh, to vote yes on a bill to protect an infant already born? What does that say about the representatives of our country? I, I think we've got a big, big problem that needs to be corrected, uh, the, the, these, these Republicans these, rep, these representatives, these Democrat representatives don't know what, it, what their job is. Their job is to protect all people equally their job is, is not to decide who qualifies for protection under the law their job is to make sure that all people without qualification are protected under the law and it's very dangerous, it's a very slippery slope when, we, when we've got politicians out there that think it's okay to vest other politicians with the power to decide who lives and who dies under the Constitution that's just wrong
1: yeah, and which crimes are prosecuted and which are not in the name of uh, yeah. my agenda, Jim? Yeah, exactly. I, I got to tell you, it's it's uh, it's like talking to you for the last ten minutes here. It's it's just a reminder that people have lost their minds. People, <laughs> um, if if you don't have any sort of objectivity, you don't have any um, a, a objective truth your subjective truth can just do whatever it wants. So how do people support you in your endeavors here for just equal treatment under the law and really fighting for all of us in some ways because these things are not exclusive to you. I mean, they're they're all over the place, and they're coming down the pike for anybody who doesn't get in lockstep. How do we support you personally, and how do we pray
4: for you? Oh well, thank you, Ryan. Yes, well, people can if they want to learn more, and and uh, and and they can go to compasscarecommunity.com. dot com. It's compasscarecommunity dot com, and pray that God would give us wisdom, and creativity, and courage to act on the wisdom that He gives us. Uh, we are we are living in a new chapter in American history, and and uh, we we just need to know what to do next in order to. The best not just you know re- reflect god's glory but also love our neighbor as ourself and part of that is loving our enemies properly and uh, that means we have to speak the truth and love and, and never never give up on the principles of what it means to be human under god
1: yeah i love it i love it and and just acknowledging even because uh, that you know yes they may be our enemies we do need to love them. How do we do that right without also just acknowledging that they still are enemies? You know, these aren't necessarily people who are working on the behalf of the good. You know, you have to sort of acknowledge both at the same time. Um, yes. Jim, I, I just appreciate your time, and I, I hate the plight that you're going through, but I'm sure God's got a plan here, and uh, we will just continue to pray for us, for you and keep us updated. Thank you, Ryan. God bless. All right. Thank you. And more Wiggins America right around the corner. Old Roy's back.
0: Get more at 971talk.com